Why do foods with holes in them taste better? Find out next on Jugfeud. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Junk Food, the podcast about junk food, where we rate and review mystery treats to determine which one will be the undisputed champion of snacks. I'm your host, Mike, alongside me as always, Alyssa. Hey, Dad. Hey, Liz. What car does an egg drive? Oh, boy. What car does an egg drive? Uh, oh, is it a Yolks wagon? Ha! I got it! <laughs> yes! Dad. <laughs> yes! That was a good one. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm wondering, like, there's, I mean, it could have been a white Cadillac, egg whites, something that rhymes with albumin. And an off-black Cadillac. Yeah, there you go. Oh, it's Christmas time, pretty baby. Is that part of that song? I think it's in an off-black Cadillac. Is it? I have no idea. I don't even know what song you're singing. Or why you're singing- Christmas Chronicles. A Christmas song. Oh, in an all-black Cadillac. Oh, it's Christmas time, pretty baby. Oh, when Kurt Russell is Santa Claus is uh, is falling on the ground. Yeah, you're doing great there. Keep going. Christmas. That was a dad joke, a joke you tell to your dad. If you'd like to submit a dad joke for Alyssa to tell me on the show, you can send it into us via X or Threads or Blue Sky Social at Junk Feud Pod or via email to junkfeudpod at gmail.com. Liss. Yes. What's up, kiddo? Mm, nothing much nothing much well then in that case i should say welcome back once again to the world's yeetest podcast the yottest show on earth very mid giving them the eggs super bus and hitting them with the riz each and every week Liz, yeah i got food poisoning <laughs> that's funny <laughs> it was not funny that's just quite convenient for the fact that we do a sh- show on food yeah uh, this is the only real occupational hazard for someone that reviews junk food uh, junk food, I guess, huh? Poisoning. It's food poisoning. That's right. Liz, I uh, I don't know how I got it. I I was talking to mom. I was like, I, you know, I really hope dad stays in London while he's sick because I don't want no foreign disease. I, well, I hope you didn't say it like that. That was improper grammar. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, out of the country, got very sick, had to spend an entire 24 hours in bed, horizontal, like not even enough energy to turn the television on. Although, uh, you know, by like hour 18, I did get a second wind and I watched some British quiz shows list. I watched Taskmaster. I watched Bullseye, which is wild. That's a game show where you play darts and there's like a cartoon bull that's the mascot. Oh. And, uh, you know, by the end of the night, I was able to finally drink a little bit of Gatorade and take some Tylenol. Food poisoning uh, sucks real hard, Alyssa. Remember when you gave us all food poisoning? Uh, no, I don't remember that. From the chicken sandwich. Were you were you alive? I guess you were. Yes. This was at the old house. No, it was not. The The Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich? Yeah, that was at the old house. That wasn't no, here. No, that was I don't, here. I don't even know if you were born yet. That was not, that was definitely not here because I, I haven't made them here. Mm-hmm. You tried to make the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich here. I remember. No, it. You and are... I was laying on the couch <laughs> with mom. And I remember mom was the only one who didn't eat it. And she said... That it tasted like weird when she first ate it, so she didn't eat the rest of it. Yeah, you are getting your story mixed up. This is a thing that happened at the old house before you were born, and mom told you the story, and you're claiming it as your own now. What actually happened was I tried to recreate Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches. We tried to use a deep fryer. We fried them until they were golden brown, but I didn't have a food thermometer at the time, and they were undercooked. And we, mom, uh, 
took a bite and didn't like the texture and I took a bite and thought it was supposed to be like that and ate more of it and then I got very sick. Yeah, that's 100% no, what it happened. It was here. I know it was. No, I did not uh, poison you guys twice with a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich knockoff. It was only the one time. Yeah, food poisoning is horrible. I hated it. But here's the thing, Liz. Um, when you're recovering from being sick, like when you've when you've had some sort of an illness, especially a viral thing in your stomach, for example, or in this case, probably bacterial, um, Liz, there are only certain things you can eat. You're supposed to have a very bland diet. Mm. Have you gone through this before? Actually, yeah. Uh-huh. What were some of the things that you ate? Chicken broth. Yeah, chicken broth. A lot of chicken broth, usually. Mm, crackers. Saltines, specifically, right? Saltine yeah. crackers. Yeah. Sometimes I would always tell, in fifth grade, I would always tell my teacher that I didn't feel good, so I, and I would go to the nurse in my stomach hurt, and she would always give me saltines. Oh, that was a nice little life hack there, to lie to your teacher so you could eat snacks during school. Yeah, I still do. Oh. In fourth period, uh -huh. I, it's the period right before lunch, so I'm always starving. And so I'm like, can I go to the bathroom and I just go to my locker and eat a snack out of my lunchbox? Hmm. But then I do actually end up having to go to the bathroom. Naturally. Liz, we were not allowed to eat or drink anything when I was a kid in school. It wasn't like today where like every child is required to have a water bottle that they carry around and drink from all day. We were specifically outlawed. Uh, from drinking or eating anything during school. We used to try to sneak snacks or gum. If you had gum, you had to spit it out into your teacher's hand if you were caught and you would get detention. I remember in fifth grade, very specifically, it was the year that Jurassic Park was out in theaters and there were candies, Jurassic Park branded candies that you could get at the local uh, convenience store. We would get them at Rite Aid. The Rite Aid there has since closed. They were called Raptor Bites, Alyssa, and they were very tiny cherry jawbreakers. And I would hide them in the little pencil indent inside of my student's desk. A little tray of Raptor Bites, all for me, and I would sneak them in between uh, lessons in the lecture. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. They were good. I would love to have some Raptor Bites. We should bring those back. Liz, what else do you have when you're sick? So you said chicken broth and saltines, I, th I think, which is like the go-to. Chicken soup in general is very- Fudge stripes. No. <laughs> incorrect. Stop spoiling things. <laughs> that's what I like to have when I'm sick. No, that's what you like to have all the time, which we're about to find out. I was going to say, Liz, ginger ale. Oh. A ginger ale is like the thing that you want when your stomach is upset, right? I guess. Yeah. What do you mean you guess? I usually have Coke. Okay. I, I guess you could say anything with bubbles in it that would make your tummy feel better, right? I mean, Dr. ginger ale- pepper. Ginger ale specifically is supposed to be a, a therapeutic, a recuperative, because the ginger does settle your stomach. That's kind of well like known. I don't like ginger flavors. You don't like ginger flavor, but you like ginger ale? Yeah. Okay. So you do like ginger flavor. No, but I don't like ginger from sushi. Oh, you don't like pickled ginger. Sure, that's a bit of a different thing. It's so gross. It's so spicy. It right? is very assertive, isn't it? Yeah. The the Coke and Dr. Pepper thing, Liz, is interesting because there was a movie called Doc Hollywood where Michael J. Fox, who was a big time Beverly Hills plastic surgeon, became stranded in a small town and had to be like a small town doctor. And I remember in the beginning of that movie, there was a little boy who came into the small town doctor and he was complaining that his stomach hurt and Michael J. Fox was getting ready to prep him for surgery. And the old timey doctor in the town was like, this boy doesn't need surgery. He needs a Coca-Cola. And they gave him a Coke and it made his tummy feel better. And it was like a learning moment for Michael J. Fox's Doc Hollywood. Oh. Yeah. Lovely. I know. I think there's, I don't know, maybe a bit too much sugar in uh, Coca-Cola now for it to make me feel great when I'm sick. 
even ginger ale too. I had a ginger ale on the flight on the way home because I still felt pretty bad and it was soothing, but it was like so, so syrupy sweet, even with the ice. Mm-hmm. I watched a bunch of movies though, Liz. What'd you watch? I watched uh, North by Northwest, the Alfred Hitchcock and Cary Grant classic, one of my favorite movies of all time. One of the greatest movies of all time. Oh my goodness, on the way to Palm Springs, I watched the Megan movie. Oh yeah, that's right. That was so creepy, but it was so funny at some parts where like the the doll was just holding a rifle in her hand and just like strutting down the hallways of the hotel. Yeah, as dolls do, that's right. And she started dancing really funny. Uh-huh, the, the implied viral moment, right? Where they wanted the Megan doll dance to become a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think Megan the doll eats? Humans. What? (laughs) Does she really? I don't think so. That can't be true, right? She did. She ripped off a kid's ear. And ate it? I don't remember if she ate it, but I know she ripped it off, I think. I feel like you're telling tales out of school here. No, she did rip off the ear, though. Uh, And then she rolled him down the hill and a car hit him. Oh, this is terrible. And you watched this movie? Yeah. And you enjoyed it? It's funny. The murdering or the dancing? <laughs> yeah, that you better say that. That's right. Uh, listen, I also saw, I said I saw North by Northwest, one of the best movies of all time. I also saw The Creator, the new Gareth Edwards movie from last year, which was uh, decidedly not one of the best movies of all time. Beautiful looking, but uh, the script was a disaster. Listen, I saw The Blue Beetle. Oh. Yeah, that was okay. It was, um, it had a lot of the vibe of like a, a mid 90s big summer blockbuster, which I enjoyed. But I think we can safely close this chapter on the DC extended universe and all of those superhero movies. I get like, I miss all the old DC and Avengers movies, but making new ones are just not that great anymore. They have not been good, have they? No. I mean, this is not a new or original take from us, obviously. But and honestly, I, I, I want to see the new. Oh yeah, you Spider said one uh, thing. you want to you want to see Madam Web. That's right. I want to see that, but I know it's not going to be good. <laughs> okay, but I still want to see it. It could be interesting. There's a chance. I mean, yeah. Blue Beetle was not terrible. It wasn't that bad. She's not that good. Well, it just wasn't that good. That's right. You know what? Uh, Liz is something that that might be that good. What? I mean, it's it reminds me of this week's snack, Alyssa. Up next on Junk Feud, it's... Up next on Junk Feud, it's Fudge Stripe Cookies. That's right, as you alluded to earlier, because you uh, couldn't keep that bottled up for 30 seconds. <laughs> Liz, what's a Fudge Stripe Cookie? Um, well, according to the ad copy, they're delicious fudge coating, a delightful shortbread cookie that's thoughtfully crafted by the Keebler elves themselves. Yes, very good. Uh, they're allegedly the pride of the hollow tree, Alyssa, because they're crafted with Keebler fudge. Now, that was a lot of advertising jargon in one sentence. Yeah. There is a lot to unpack here, Alyssa. Uh, what is Keebler? Who are the Keebler elves? What is the hollow tree? Why is it so important that we differentiate between fudge, Keebler fudge, and chocolate, Alyssa? Uh, do you want to start with an easy one? Sure. Okay, what's Keebler? Liz? A bakery that was founded in 1853. Yeah, that's right. Keebler is an old bakery. Uh, They make a number of baked goods, mostly cookies and crackers. Listeners of this show will remember Keebler, of course, as the manufacturer of Cheez-Its up until 2019 when they sold that business off. Uh, And mostly, of course, Keebler known for making cookies now, despite a whole bunch of like corporate sales and mergers that had taken place. Dad. Yes, dear. Can we tell them the story of the mouse? We will get there. We have just started the show. We've been talking for 13 minutes. There's an order this stuff has to go in. (laughs) 
people listen to the show specifically for the format, from what I understand. They listen for my random stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. That's uh, 100% it. So, Liz. What? We were talking about Keebler. Uh, what we really need to know about the Keebler company, because we're going to talk about the history of the company on a different show. What we really need to know about are the Keebler elves, Alyssa. Do you, are you familiar with the Keebler elves? No. You've never seen commercials with the Keebler elves? No. Ernie the elf? They live in a tree? No. Little, little people? Elves? No? Nothing? All right, so here's here's what the elves are. Uh, they debuted as an advertising gimmick sometime in the late 1960s for Keebler. They were led, like I said, by a manager elf. His name was Ernie. And they live in a hollow tree, which is named, wait for it, Liz, hollow tree, mm. uh-huh, uh, which is canonically located in the Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, which is interesting. And inside that hollow tree where the elves live, Alyssa, is an actual cookie bakery in the lore, of course. There's a lore reason for this. In the hollow tree, they make all of the Keebler baked goods using Alyssa elf magic. Mm. You know what elf magic is, right? Yes. That's right. Do you want to tell the world what elf magic is? Okay. Wait, elf magic? Yeah, what's elf magic? I don't know. You just said you knew. Oh, well, I don't. Well, it's magic that elves do. Uh, Oh. That's the long and short of it. Again, we're going to deep dive into uh, the elves, the Keebler elves in the future when we do our EL fudge cookie episode all the way out in 2027, Alyssa. What? That's true. It's on the schedule. But uh, for now, we just need to know that today we're going to eat a cookie that was made in a tree by an elf that, as far as I can tell from newspaper grocery advertisement archives, probably debuted sometime in the mid-1960s and possibly 1966. Whoa. Yeah. Liz, what else was going on in 1966? Indria. Indira. Indira Gandhi. 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 Uh-huh. Became Prime Minister of India. Mm-hmm. The Australian dollar was introduced. John Lennon said that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus. That's right, he did. The World Cup trophy was stolen. Uh-huh. But a dog named Pickles found it later. Yeah, so it was okay. It's a true story. A dog named Pickles found the World Cup trophy in a garden in London. The Sound of Music won the best picture at the Oscars. That's right. Daylight saving times began. That was a bad idea. Why did people, why did they do that? Uh, For farmers mostly. But how did they like make the earth change like that? (laughs) 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 What? Uh, Well, oh boy. Well, nobody made the earth change, Liz. We just decided all at once on our own that time would be different because time is uh, an illusion. There is no such thing as external time to the universe. So they just changed the time? Yeah, we just said, hey, it's not five o'clock anymore. Now it's six o'clock. That's it. That's the whole thing. So if we're like a million hours into the future? Uh, well, <laughs> no, like I said, time is an illusion. So there is really no future. There's just things that are happening. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> time is an illusion. Lunchtime doubly so. Gotcha. Go on. Um, It's a small world opened at Disneyland. That's right. Caesar's Palace opened in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Is that the place with the little green thing? The place with the little green thing. Like his little green thing and he's holding like a little plate. A little green thing holding a little green <laughs> plate? Caesar's Palace is a casino in Las Vegas. Oh, then what am I thinking of? I have no idea. Maybe Olive Garden? What? <laughs> Did What's you wait? Little... Uh I'm sorry. Explain to the world, please. How did you confuse Caesar's Palace with the Olive Garden? Because I was thinking Caesar, like Caesar salad. Like a Caesar salad. 
Uh-huh. I was thinking, like, you know that little mascot, that little logo, and it's next to a name or something. And the it's, Jolly Green Giant? No. And it's, <laughs> like, that the green of that, like, yoga mat. He's wearing his little green little outfit. Uh-huh. And he's holding a white plate like this, and he's in a black outline. <laughs> I am so lost right Hold now. Hold on. I have no idea. I'll finish this for you while you're looking that up. Okay. Alyssa, in 1966, the Batman television program debuted. LSD was criminalized. The Black Panther Party was founded. Uh, WPIX, right here in the New York metro area, broadcast the Yule Log for the first time at Christmas list. Did you know that? Yeah. Also, H. John Benjamin was born and uh, Walt Disney died, sadly. Oh, no. Yeah, unfortunate, right? Yeah. Didn't get to see the uh, debut of Disney World. Was there for Disneyland, not Disney World. Liz. What? What is the difference between uh, fudge, which coats fudge stripe cookies, and chocolate, which coats, uh, well, many other things? Why are these not chocolate stripe cookies, Alyssa? Well... We talked about this a little bit on the Goldenberg's Peanut Shoes episode. Mm-hmm. Like when we discussed the definitional difference between thingy majiggies. Uh, yeah, <laughs> stuff that could legally be called chocolate and things that could only be called chocolatey, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is a similar case. Uh, according to Walkin' <laughs> walk Fuss Candies, you want to say it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Walkin' Fuss. Walkin' Fuss Candies, that's fun to say, isn't it? Well, anyway... Fudge is made with sugar, milk, butter, and cocoa. That's right. And the science of fudge itself resides in the way that you incorporate granulated sugar crystals with the cocoa and the other additives so that the crystal structure is managed in a way that prevents the fudge from feeling grainy on the palate. And uh, that usually results in needing something that's smooth and soft and even squishy in some cases. So like when you say something is fudgy, that's usually what you're talking about, like a chocolatey product that's very viscous. And uh, chocolate, of course, has to have cocoa butter derived from cacao beans, which is typically hard and snappy, especially when it's tempered to use as a coating. So that's the difference between fudgy, as in fudge stripes, and chocolatey, like chocolate-coated cookies list. Is it? Wait, sorry, I have a kind of like question real quick. Okay. Is a peanut considered like a bean, right? Yeah, a peanut is a legume in the bean family. Okay, Okay, thank you. What was that related to? Well, I was thinking of like when you said c- cacao uh-huh. or something like that. I don't know. Oh, like a cacao bean. Yes, that's that's. Oh, wonderful. Well, Liz. Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm very happy that you know there is uh, also a little bit of marketing at play here, Liz, because anything obviously can be chocolate coated, but there is a perception that something that is fudge coated is somehow more luxurious. You know. Yes. Like these are coated with Keebler fudge, which makes it sound like, oh, that's, you know, super fancy, right? Not just, hey, this is a chocolate coated cookie. What big whoop here it is. Like whoop whoop. Like the opposite of whoop whoop. Womp womp. Do you know one time uh, for your mom's birthday, your mom, for your mom's birthday, we all went out to dinner at this restaurant that we like down by where we grew up. And uh, it's a BYOB place. So you bring your own drinks with you, obviously. And a friend of the show, Tony, shout out to Tony. Oh, no. Brought a bottle of wine that was called Whoop Whoop Wine. (laughs) And everybody loved the Whoop Whoop. And we talked about it for years later. It was good. Whoop Whoop Wine? Yeah, for a wine called Whoop Whoop, it was uh, not bad. Actually, so anyway, Liz, we were talking about the fudgy coating. Um, this stuff, yeah, whoop whoop Shiraz. There it is. That's right. Uh, 
Did you know, speaking of whoopless, there was once a version of Keebler fudge stripes that were called whoopsie fudge stripes, and they were completely covered in chocolate fudge. They were fully fudged, they said. Hmm. Do you know what the story was behind that? What? So the story was uh, Ernie and the elves, they messed up and they left the fudge coating machine on overnight and it got out of control. And instead of just making the stripes, it coated all of the cookies list. Mm. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing, Alyssa. Apparently, the Keebler elves were not the only ones that thought that the fudge was out of control at Keebler. Do you remember a guy named Spencer Sheehan, Alyssa? No. Okay, so we talked about him on the show, but it was a long time ago. Uh, Old Spencer here is an attorney from New York. His specialty, Alyssa, has been bringing lawsuits against food manufacturers for false advertising. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in this case, uh, Spencer Sheehan and a client from Illinois sued the Keebler elves in 2021. Well, not the elves themselves. He sued the Keebler company. Uh, Because he claimed fudge stripe cookies contained no actual fudge in the traditional sense of it being made with sugar and milk and butter. Uh, Yeah, they were going to sue them for false advertising. What do you think about that? I think that that was a very bad decision. Well, uh, you know, the judge, Alyssa, thought it was pretty frivolous too, I assume, because the case was dropped after just two months. Uh, I like to imagine that the elves gave Spencer a visit in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh. Well, that was implied. You didn't have to say it out loud. Do you ever watch those... uh, Liz, here's a food-related story about elves visiting people in the middle of the night. When I was a kid, there was a restaurant called The Ground Round. Have you ever heard of this? No, not The Grim Reaper. The Ground Round, Alyssa. The Ground Round was my absolute favorite restaurant when I was a kid. I always asked there to be take I I always asked to be taken there on my birthday. The Ground Round was sort of like a restaurant that was child-friendly in that there were big tables and there were like projection screens and televisions all over the place back in an era where restaurants did not have televisions. Yeah. And they were all playing old black and white public domain cartoons like Popeye and Betty Boop and things like that. So it was fun to be able to sit around and eat chicken fingers and watch cartoons while you were having dinner, which is a thing you were not allowed to do at home. And they would serve you big bowls of popcorn uh, on the table like as appetizers just for fun and for free. And then for dessert, they had slider sundaes, which is ice cream served in a little plastic baseball helmet, which was about the coolest thing in the world when you were a kid. So the ground round was great. One of the cartoons that I used to remember watching at the ground round when I was a kid was about this guy that had a shoe shop and he was like old and feeble and, uh, you know, nobody would buy his shoes. And in the middle of the night when he went home, he would close up his shoe shop and elves would come out of the literal woodwork in the shoe shop and they would make shoes for him in the middle of the night. And then he would have shoes to sell the next day at the shop. So there were like little elves coming out in the middle of the night and making shoes. And I thought it was really fantastic. That's creepy yeah Liz. uh do you want to hear some of my history with fudge stripe cookies also sure. made by elves possibly in the middle of the night wait can i tell my story really please quick do please do okay so does it have anything to do with fudge stripe cookies? yes yes okay. so this is the first time i've ever had a fudge stripe cookie and this was like actually kind of recent okay it was over the summer this year and well, last year actually It was over the summer, and I was hanging out with Jocelyn. Shout out to Jocelyn. (laughs) For her TikTok account, for her private TikTok account, we were making an ASMR video. Oh, boy. So we were trying a bunch of food, like a bunch of like junky food and stuff. 
And so she pulled these out, and I had never like tried them before, but I've heard of them. So we both took a bite of one, and I ate the whole box. You ate the entire box of fudge stripe cookies? Yes. Wow. And you somehow did not get food poisoning? No. Well, I guess that wouldn't be a reason. But did you get sick from eating an entire box of cookies? No. Oh, to have the metabolism of youth, Alyssa. Uh, here's the thing. Here's what I remember I get about- I sick all the time. Mm, I'm always sick. I don't know about that. I think you frequently have ailments. I frequently have the ailment to not go to school. Mm, uh, that's a different story, isn't it? Here's the thing, Liz. Um, I like fudge stripe cookies. We should get that out of the way right up front before we even try them. They're good. I like them. Here's why. When I was a kid- Yeah. Grandma, yeah. my mom, say it. Thank you. Shopped uh, almost exclusively using coupons. This was the best way to do it. It still is in most places. Uh, so there were certain things that we would always have on hand, uh, obviously like staples that you had to buy. But then there were certain things that we only got when they went on sale. And I feel like a fudge stripe cookie was not an always have in the house thing. It was an only on sale kind of treat. Yeah. There was something similar though, Liz, that we did get quite often especially when I was very small, they were these little tiny butter cookies. And I remembered them distinctly because they had a fun shape just like fudge stripes. Instead of being like smooth and rounded, a circular cookie, like a fudge stripe is, they had these sort of scalloped edges. You know what I'm talking about? It looks like a little doily. Yeah. yeah. And of course there was a hole in the middle, which meant, Alyssa, that for a child, the only appropriate and proper way to eat them was to put them on your fingers like they were rings and then to nibble on the cookie around the outside around the outside, around the outside. Shout out to Chef John. That's right. Until they were all gone. And I think these might've been Salerno original butter cookies or some store brand analog or something like that, but they were great. And then once we started to get fudge stripe cookies lists, uh, which I knew about because there were all these commercials for fudge stripe cookies when I was a kid. Ernie and the elves were, you know, whiling away in that tree making cookies and people would always come and visit them and to see how the fudge stripes were made. And it was very, very wonderful. And I would do the same thing with them. I would put them on my fingers like they were rings and I would bite away and it was fun. And I think eating junk food, eating snacks list should be fun. Wait, dad, what was the song you were singing yesterday? Like what? the dance. What? You said it was- oh. <laughs> The Prince Nana dance. Yes. Shout out to Prince Nana and Swerve. That's right. Uh, for fans of pro wrestling, you will know the Prince Nana dance. Um, Liz, I was saying uh, eating snacks should be fun, which is part of the reason that I have trouble staying in shape, of course. Uh, it's not <laughs> that I eat until I'm over full because I'm hungry. It's because like I enjoy the physical act of eating. It's fun. It's a flavor thing, of course. Uh, obviously, if something tastes good, I want to keep experiencing that taste over and over. But it's sensory, too. There are textures and experiences that I think are important. <laughs> and you're, wa- you're laughing not because of what I'm saying, but because Prince Nana is doing the Prince Nana dance. Isn't it good? That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That should be a Fortnite emote. It should. You're right. I just got the dancing in the moonlight. Take me down like I'm a dolphin. Is this whole show just going to be you singing random clips Every from songs that I don't know? There's a highlight. That's it's great. It's by Katy Perry. You should know this. Uh, sure. I feel like I know all pop songs. Liz. Yeah. Why do you think, uh, why do you think it is fun to eat certain types of snacks like these snacks that have holes in them why do you think it is well obviously putting them on your fingers yeah sure it's like i don't know something about the texture like well i'm i'm sorry i'm like kind of talking about the fudge type i guess well yeah well let's ask this in a different way um Liz, what is it about foods with holes in them that make them fun 
I mean, it can tell you there are some practical purposes to putting holes in food, right? Not as bad as a choking hazard? Oh, that's, yeah, well, that's a really good point. In fact, that's part of the reason, I think, why some of those little, little butter cookies and things like Cheerios have holes in them so that they're less easy for small children to choke on. That's, that's pretty good. That's a good reason for a food to have a hole in it. Um, obviously, because for certain foods, it promotes quick and even cooking, which uh, throughout history, if you didn't have a very reliable source of fuel for your fire, you wanted things to cook quicker and evener. Evener? That's even? not a word. More even. Yeah. Donuts or bagels, I think, are good examples of this. The hole reduces the volume, increases the surface area. The food can cook completely through in the middle before the outside gets overdone because it doesn't have a middle. Sort of like an optimization thing. Yeah. Uh, for other foods, it can be structural, so you can hang it on a hook or something like that. Like with a pretzel. Yeah. Yeah, you hang a pretzel on a hook. Uh, for some foods, it's aesthetic because it just looks better. Because it just looks the puppy. Yeah, that's right. Or because you want to fill the hole with something like uh, like meat or a cream filling, something like that. Again, like a donut or a, a tortellini, for example. Mamma Mia. For some reason, when he said tortellini, it reminded me of Mamma Mia. Tortellini, Mamma Mia. I mean, similar similar ways to make the sounds with your mouth. Mamma Mia makes me want to go to Greece so bad. Good grief. You're having a hard time staying focused today, aren't you? Yeah. Liz. What? Let's focus on this. We mentioned surface area just now. We talked about this a little bit in the past. An increase in surface area uh, on a food equates to an increase in flavor, right? Yeah. This is why smash burgers taste good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You asked for those for dinner this week, right? And we still haven't eaten them. <laughs> well, it's still early in the week. Uh, actually, no. It's Thursday as of the release of the show. Liz, increasing the surface area increases the potential for browning in cooked foods, which makes them taste better. Either this is through caramelization of sugars or through the uh, Maillard reaction with proteins. Like when you put a good crusty sear on a steak, for example, right? Mm. And the more surface area there is, the more browning you can get and the more complex flavors that food can deliver to your palate, right? Uh, so it's, uh, it's also important for the way that the food physically interacts with your palate, not just from the flavor, but this is why a very thinly shaved piece of ham or turkey is better than like a big thick slab. Did you know yes. that? Yes. Yeah. It, it's just a thing that people intuitively know, but they don't understand the science behind it, which is mostly, uh, there is an interaction on your tongue, on your taste buds physically between the food and the oxygen that's moving through your system uh, while you're inhaling, while you're eating. And uh, there's actual chemistry going on with how lipids and fats are dissolved and distributed and all sorts of things like that. Chewing actually does most of this for you, but um, by creator grading, sorry, by creating greater surface area when the food is broken down and exposing it that way to your taste buds, you get more flavor and it's amazing. That's also why I don't like spam. Oh, because it's thicker? Like thick. Well, you don't have to cut it that thick. You can cut it thinly, right? Yeah, but it's just it's like I mean, there more are a lot efficient to cut it big, but it just true. doesn't taste as good. There are lots of reasons not to like spam, but yeah, I guess that's one of them. I like spam. I hate spam. Have you ever seen uh, Monty Python's spam sketch? No. Well, guess what we're going to do? We're going to watch that when we do our spam episode list. Are you excited? When we do the spam episode, can we do, can we try, um, can we do a Hey Look Mommy Made It and do Spam Musabi? Yeah, sure. Spam Musubi, sure. That would be a good idea. I think you would actually like that too. I like rice. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You do. That's my uh, one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg jokes. Rice is great food when you're hungry and you want 10,000 of something. Liz, uh, I'd like to do something quickly here, and that's to create a truncated list of foods that have holes in them and see if on the whole, 
See what I did there? Uh, overall, on average, we think that a version of a food with a hole in it is better than a f- the version of a food without a hole in it. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so bagels list. Do you like them better when there is a hole or when they like grow together and there's no hole in the middle? When? No hole in the middle. You just like a roll, like a Kaiser roll? Oh, no, when there is a hole. Yeah, Sorry, of I'm- course. Yeah. How about donuts? Do you like the donut with a hole in it or like the the fritter style, just big fat donut? No hole. I like the hole. Yeah, donut with a hole. Here's a tricky one. Chicken nuggets list. White Castle has chicken rings. They got chicken nuggets with holes in them. I've never had those. You have. We had them when we went to White Castle. Uh-huh. We got an order of chicken wings. We talked about it on the show. I do not remember that. Well, I think you've tried to scrub most of that event from your memory. <laughs> um, Probably without the whole... Yeah, I think for for most people, a chicken nugget without a hole in it is the standard. I actually like the White Castle chicken rings. I think the hole is an interesting application. I mean, there are better chicken nuggets, obviously, that don't have holes. Chick-fil-A, for example. (laughs) Wendy's. Yeah. How about a cakes list? How about a bunt cake or an angel food cake that has a hole in the middle? What are those? Those are cakes with holes in the middle. Probably without the hole then, because I've never had one. Oh, you've never had an angel food cake? No. Never had a bunt cake? Nope. Angel food cake, I think, is delicious. It's a very, very light, very airy cake. Love those. I don't think grandma likes those. I remember her telling me that she didn't like angel food cakes. How about pastas list? Tortellini. Pasta with a hole in it. I guess a lot of pastas have holes in them, huh? Yeah. Anything with uh, like a tubular shape, right? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Cereals, Alyssa. You mentioned Cheerios earlier. How about Fruit Loops? Yeah. Yeah, those are good. Do you like cereals with or without holes? With. With holes. Excellent. Uh, fried snacks. Onion rings. Onion rings. Calamari? Ugh. No, I don't like calamari either. How about chips or uh, crunchy salt varieties? Liz, uh, like you said, I was just overseas. They had hula hoops there. Remember hula hoops? The little ringed snacks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, those were good. Funyuns, you love Funyuns. Yeah. Liz, fruit, pineapple rings. Oh. Much more fun to eat than just a wedge of pineapple, right? Eh. No, you don't think so? They taste the same. Oh, well, I guess so. It's the same food. How about apple and if rings? You, but if you have them in the chunks, you get more of the juice. That's true. They could be juicier. You'd have to slice a really thick pineapple ring. Apple rings, I said. I think those are fun. Yeah. Because you core the apple and then you slice it into rings. That's amusing. Candies list. Lifesavers. You like I've, lifesavers. I have very bad memories from lifesavers because of the, the allergic reaction. I was eating them in the car and then threw them up everywhere. You had an allergic reaction to a lifesaver? No, from the cashew. Oh, And I mom didn't. made me like <laughs> choke down like 85 lifesaver gummies. Oh, I don't remember that part. So now I, I've not had a lifesaver gummy since whenever that was, but I do like the little mint lifesavers. Yeah, the wintergreen, the ones that spark in the dark. Those are great. Swiss cheese list, it's got holes in it. What do you think? Ew, ew, ew. You don't ew, like Swiss cheese? Ew, ew, ew. I don't know. What are some other foods with holes, Alyssa? Anything you can think of? Um, no. Was that an exhaustive list? Did we say all the foods with holes? Yes. People right now are yelling at their uh, <laughs> yelling at their listening devices, imploring us to say this one specific thing they're thinking of that has a hole that we haven't uh, said Fudge yet. Fudge stripes. Fudge stripe cookies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Here's another way, Alyssa, that foods with holes can be fun, specifically those fudge stripe cookies. Alyssa, you can put fudge stripe cookies into a salad. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's right. In the Midwest, mostly Minnesota and North Dakota, there are these things that are called cookie salads, Alyssa. Now, immediately, if you say cookie salad, you have my attention. Uh, these are less like salads and more like desserts. Mm. And there is a really good one that's made with fudge stripes. It's basically, you make vanilla pudding 
but you use buttermilk in it instead of regular milk. And then you fold in Cool Whip and then you top it with, this is where it gets a little weird, diced fruit, like mandarin Mm. oranges in syrup or pineapple. I just had the best fruit salad at that basketball party. It was Fruit salad, would you say it was yummy, yummy? Very yummy, yummy. Shout out to Yo Gabba Gabba. Uh, And then, Alyssa, the fruit salad, (laughs) yummy, yummy, the fudge stripe, the cookie salad, is finished off with crushed fudge stripe cookies. So it's pudding and fruit and Cool Whip and fudge stripe cookies all folded together. That's pretty wild. Mm. That's, I think, in doing the research on this, maybe my favorite usage of fudge stripes, Alyssa. Probably me too. Yeah. Do you know what my favorite part of this show is? Alyssa reads the ingredients. Alyssa reads the ingredients. Alyssa, what's in a fudge stripe cookie? Enriched flour, wheat flour, niacin, reduced iron, vitamin B1, thiamine mononitrate, vitamin B2, riboflavin, folic acid, sugar, vegetable oil, soybean, palm kernel, and palm oil, high fructose corn syrup, cocoa produced with alkali, and whey. 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 Very nice. Whey. Whey. Yeah, so it's uh, flour, sugar, oil, more sugar, and cocoa. I mean, that's uh, pretty much what we would expect because this is, uh, like you said, it's a shortbread cookie, Alyssa. Yes. So there's not a, not a whole lot in shortbread cookies. Anyway, are you ready to get to the rules of the game? Yes. Junk Feud is a culinary clash to see which treat will be crowned the undisputed champion of snacks. It's a King of the Mountain style battle in which the reigning champ takes on a new challenger each week to see which snack reigns supreme. And Alyssa. Yes. The reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks is Birch Beer. Yummy, yummy. Les, we got a new champion after a long reign by the Wendy's Frosty and Fries, stretching all the way back to last fall. Yeah, that's right. A tall, frosty, frosty? Frosty. A tall, frosty mug of Birch Beer is the reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks. Alyssa. Yes. I'm having second thoughts about that. Do you know that? Me too. I, I think I might want to amend my score. Really? Can we do that? I don't think so. I mean, we can do anything. It's our show. Uh, I gave Birch Beer an S tier ranking. And I think maybe I was caught up in like the fervor of January. Yeah. The Philly was leeching into me a little bit. I got too hyped. And uh, I don't know if we made the right choice. What do you think? I'm sitting here with some critical distance. I can say for sure. I do love Birch Beer. It's at least an A flat treat. Did you give it an A flat? I think you did. Yeah. I don't know if it's an S tier though. And I don't know if it should be the outright champ. I think I need to think on this a little bit Wait, more. Wait, Dad. When you write it and it says, I gave birch beer NS. Yeah. S isn't a vowel. That's right. But why do you write it like that? When you pronounce the word S, what's the sound that you say first? E? Yeah, E, which is a gotcha. vowel. Sorry. Yeah, pretty good, right? Grammar strikes again. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Liz? Do we need to, th- I think we might need a chew over at some point. We may need to re- relitigate this. Yeah. But not today because today we're trying fudge stripe cookies, <laughs> a classic. Oh, wait, Alyssa, what's this? Oh, my god! What's that? Whose music is that? Why, it's some baby cookies, Liz, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have a little tiny, <laughs> that's, not, that's not it. We have a little tiny bag of Gerber baby. Snacks for Baby Arrowroot Biscuits. It says Baby's First Biscuit on it. Uh, baby's First Biscuit. And these look exactly like oh. those little... Cookies that I used to have as a kid with the scalloped edges and the holes in the middle. And you like baby snacks. So I mm-hmm. thought you might want to try these in addition to the fudge stripes. But before we get down to trying them, Liz, I yeah. think we need to say. 
It's crunch time. It's crunch time. We rate our snacks using a tier list from sprinkles to fun dip. Sprinkles to fun dip. So snacks can be graded A, B, C, D, or F with the very best treats earning the elusive S tier ranking. The following contest is scheduled for one serving. One serving. And it's for the undisputed championship of junk food. Liz, how do you like the package for the Keebler fudge stripes cookies that you've already ripped I a hole in. I was examining it very well. You were trying to examine the inside of it, uh, <laughs> and the cookies were trying to examine the inside of your mouth. Yeah. What do you think? It looks very nice. It's very yellow. This is an iconic yellow package. It says fudge stripes on it. There's a big old picture of the fudge stripe cookie. It says it's made with Keebler fudge. And Ernie the Elf greets you right on the front. You have opened up the cookies, they're lined into perfect little lines in the little trays. They smell so good. delightful. This is, Alyssa, a fudge stripe cookie is a shortbread cookie. It's got little holes punched into it, and it's got a design on it, doesn't it, Liz? Yeah. There's like little, just little intricate, like you're already halfway through your cookie, like filigree, like a little, a very intricate design on it. It's a little bit golden brown on the outside, paler towards the middle. There's a big fudge swath on the bottom. It's bathed in the Keebler fudge on the bottom, which is nice and smooth. And then it has one, two, three, four fudge stripes running down the top. Now, this I watched a commercial that showed uh, how the Keebler elves put the fudge stripes on these, which is uh, an elf takes the shortbread cookie and he dunks it into a vat of fudge. And when he pulls it out, it makes the design perfectly. Do you think that's how they do it? No. Well, I don't know. Who am I to doubt an elf? Who are you to doubt El Dandy, Alyssa? All right, what do you think? The The smell is of sort of buttery, toasty shortbread and chocolatey, smooth chocolatey fudge. Can a, can something smell smooth? I guess it can, right? Mm-hmm. You're already on your third cookie? I'm going to break one of these open here. It's like a tire. It is. It's like, so you've got it on your finger as one does. Uh, I... I cracked my fudge stripe cookie. It broke into three pieces because I wanted to test a shortbread cookie is traditionally, Alyssa, crumbly and snappy. It's not like like soft and chewy like an ideal chocolate chip cookie is in the middle. Shortbread, uh, because there's no egg in it, doesn't doesn't really get that way. It gets sort of hard and crumbly, more like a, a traditional European like a biscuit. Yeah, a little bit like a wafer, but a little thicker. And in this case, there's some interesting surface texture and surface area presentation from the design. And then the fudge, obviously, is a contrast. There's, it's just such a thin layer of fudge on this, too. Just the barest wisp of it on the bottom, which I think is the right amount. So let's try it. Mm. Liz, you're in heaven right now. I know what my rating is. Um, I want to talk about the eating experience of this, because I think Keebler has done something magnificent with the fudge stripe cookie, which is what they've done is they've made a crumbly cookie, a shortbread, that if you were to bite it, would almost certainly just explode into your mouth into a million crumbs, be very dry, difficult to eat. But what they've done by coating the bottom in fudge and putting the fudge stripes on the top is offer just the barest hint of moisture to keep this whole thing together. So when you bite into this cookie, it doesn't explode into shards and granules in your mouth. It's all held together in sort of like a mash when you chew it by the presence of the the chocolatey fudge. And that is so clever. And I never really thought about that before. Are you counting the cookies? All right. So there's six, four. All right. So there's four rows, six each. Thanks. There's 24 cookies. For two cookies, it's 140 calories. 
So 140 divided by 2, 70. So what's 70 times 24? I ate 16,680 uh, 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 calories at Dawson's house. That's uh, really bad. More than a lot of people eat in an entire day, Liz. <laughs> Yeah, that is really bad. You're right. Um, what do you think about the flavor profile of these lists? What would you say they taste like? Amazingness, sure. They're, they are very, very sweet, obviously. This is flour and oil and sugar with a little bit of cocoa holding it all together, but overtly sweet. The shortbread is not terribly buttery. It smells buttery and toasty, but only in the barest sense of that, in that we know it's a shortbread and that is what it's supposed to smell like. The shortbread doesn't smell like an all butter shortbread. It just smells sort of sweet and it tastes very sweet and the fudginess the cocoa in the fudge sort of is the counterbalance to that because that's also very sugary and very sweet but it's got sort of that deep cocoa flavor to it i like these a lot they are very very good obviously uh i was looking forward to this all day you want to give your score before you try the little baby arrowroot biscuits sure what do you think a fudge strike s tier wow S tier for the fudge stripe cookie. I'm looking at the little arrowroot biscuits. These are obviously not the the butter cookies that I remember because they're arrowroot. They're not butter cookies. The hole in the middle is smaller than I remember. I can definitely not fit my finger into that. And these are these are very thick. They're too baby foodie. You know what I mean? Yeah, these are super baby foodie, like you said, which is just to say they're all texture and no flavor. They melt in your mouth so that a baby can't choke on them, obviously. They'll disintegrate in the barest hint of uh, saliva. I like arrowroot precisely because it's bland. If I'm eating something that's arrowroot, I don't want a lot of flavor. But, uh, you know, this is a cookie designed for someone that's 10 months old. And I think that's the kind of palate you've got to have to enjoy these. So, yeah, arrowroot biscuit not doing much for me. D plus? I'll give them a B plus. B plus. You said, I don't like these B+. Plus. <laughs> well, wow. I love baby food, though. This is just like, this is F for baby food for me. Okay, wow. But a it's B plus still is really an F good because I food. love baby food. I mean, yeah, the, the gentleman's F for me, obviously. It's just not, uh, it's not junk food. I mean, I guess it's junk food for babies. It's got a lot of vitamin. It's got a lot of... Sugar. <laughs> something or other. Only a gram. But it's for one cookie. It's 20 calories for one biscuit. Yeah, a gram, a gram of sugar per cookie. That's not bad, actually. If you want a low uh, a low sugar cookie, that's one. How many grams of sugar per cookie in these bad boys? I just do ate I, four. Do I dare to look? Uh, nine grams of sugar per two cookies, so four and a half grams. That's, uh, but so they are I, delicious. Wait, hold on. For two cookies? Yeah, so four and a half grams per cookie. List. I, I got to do this. You gave him- 18 grams of sugar. <laughs> 18 grams of sugar. It's still less than a Coke. Liz, you gave him an S tier immediately. A fudge stripe is a delicious cookie. It's not an S tier for me. I think we gave an Oreo an A plus. I don't think it's as good as an Oreo. A fudge stripe is an A minus for me. It's fantastic. It does exactly what it's supposed to do in the way that it's supposed to do it. I don't know that I would ever like- I, you know, I have been craving a fudge stripe before. I was craving a fudge stripe today because I knew I've we were doing this. I've been craving it for like a whole flipping month. You've been craving because it for a month because you knew we away. were doing this uh, and I was gone. So let's, uh, we'll hit the bliss point. Liz, I say A minus, you say S. What do you think? New champion or not, better or worse than birch beer? I think it's better. You think it's better than birch beer and it's the champion? Good. 
<laughs> Are we about to have a one and done with birch yes, beer? Yes, 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 yes. Because I love birch beer and I gave it an S. Well, but you're, I think you're that I was. I think that I was wrong. I don't know if I. I don't know if fudge stripe cookies can be the champion of snacks. Can they? Oh my gosh, Liz. What? Your winner and new reigning, defending, undisputed champion of snacks. Mostly because I screwed up with Birch Tree the last <laughs> time. Uh, it's fudge stripe cookies. Ernie and the Keebler Elves do it again. Hollow Tree. Hollow Tree is on top of the world. I can't believe it. I was not expecting that today. That is a pleasant surprise. Now my stomach hurts so bad. Hey, well, uh, I have bad news for you, kid. Uh, Liz. What? We got another Oreo to try. The Oreo rule is in effect. Last week, we tried black and white cookie Oreos, or last time. Uh, we have another one of the new Oreo treats for 2024, Liz. I got some peanut butter cakesters. Mm. I found them at the store. Peanut butter and chocolate, obviously a lights out combination. Uh, Oreo knows this. We know this. So here we are. Liz, we recently had some peanut butter and chocolate treats. Yeah. Yeah, it was your mom's birthday. Your mom, she wanted uh, chocolate cupcakes with peanut butter frosting. So I made some devil's food cupcakes, made some peanut <laughs> butter frosting. Those cupcakes looked very good, Dad, didn't they? <laughs> the cupcakes were uh, <laughs> the ugliest things I think I've ever cooked. I said, <laughs> I think I said they looked like the elephant's foot from Chernobyl. Um, <laughs> they were a disaster. And then we piped the peanut butter frosting on top. And what did you say that it looked like? The poo emoji? So I had to chop up some Reese's cups and put them on top to disguise how gross they were. They tasted okay, though. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were pretty good. And then we made Buckeyes, too, the uh, Midwest treat. So here, let's try the peanut butter cakesters. We got them. We uh, we were not crazy about Oreo cakesters last time. I think we said they were like poor man's Drake's cakes, uh, ho-hos, ding-dongs, that sort of flavor profile, but just not as good. So I'm hoping the peanut butter cakester says they're soft bake, soft snack cakes here. I'm so sad. I have basketball tomorrow. Why are you sad about that? You like basketball. <laughs> yeah, but like my school team just got over. So now I'm like happy that's over. Shout out to the Lady Panthers. These smell like chocolate and peanut butter. I like these. I like how the peanut butter is not so crazy because I don't really like that peanut butter. You know what's funny about this, Liz? Objectively, they are good. But my immediate reaction was that I did not like this because when I bit into it, the texture and the flavor of the chocolatey snack cake made me expect vanilla cream inside because that's all I've ever had. A yodel or a ho-ho or a ding-dong or whatever, a devil dog. And I bit this and it was peanut butter instead of vanilla and I was thrown off for a minute. But yeah, these are good. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to have them, but I don't know. What do you think? C plus? Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Better than average. Uh, Here's a better than average question, Alyssa. One we ask every week and it's an important question. Can you deep fry this week's snack? Will it deep fry? Liz, what do you think? Can you deep fry uh, fudge stripes? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. There are uh, lots of recipes for homemade fudge stripe cookies, obviously. There was one single recipe that I could find for a generic deep fried cookie, which just meant you can take any pre-made cookie, coat it in pancake batter, fry it, coat it in powder sugar, obviously. That was not specific to fudge stripes, but it worked. It would work. There were lists. Lots of recipes for fudge stripe s'mores. Hmm. Yeah. How's that sound? It's a clever application, I think. The cookies themselves are already crispy. They're stout enough to stand up to a gooey toasted marshmallow, and they are already coated with just the right amount of melty chocolatey fudge, so you don't even need to add any more chocolate to it. You simply toast a marshmallow, and you put it between two fudge-stripe cookies. That's pretty wild. We're going to have to try that. I like it. Me too. I feel like I'm going to vomit everywhere. Well, I got even more good news for you, Liz, because guess what? 
It's time to check out the back of the box, a weekly segment where we play a little game. Would you like to play a game, Alyssa? This week's segment is a new segment. Meet me on the podcast. Meet me on the podcast. Meet spelled M-E-A-T. It's a new segment on Meet Me on the Podcast. We try... Meat. Meat. We try meat snacks. Liz, do you want to tell everybody why we're doing a new segment this week? Well, we were supposed to do Pecks in a Pickle. Uh Uh-huh. But Mouse got in the studio and decided that it wanted to eat all of our 80 bites and it wanted to eat all of our pickle snacks. A mouse chewed a hole in the corner of the pickle snacks. So we have no dill pickle. And we have no more 80 bites. And uh, what was left of the around the world in 80 bites snack box is uh, contaminated and trashed. So instead, we're going to do Meet Me on the podcast. And we've got, Alyssa, three meat snacks here. Uh, Uncle Pat and Annaline, shout out to Uncle Pat and Annaline, were kind enough to get me some Alyssa Biltong for my birthday. Do you know what Biltong is? Like dried and cured jerky. Yeah, it's a South African meat snack. It's dried and cured like a beef jerky. We've got three kinds here. We're going to try them all out. We've got, uh, yeah, we've got the uh, spicy medley, the Southwest Verde, and then the chili lime. These are all from a company called Made by True. They're gluten-free and paleo-friendly. Which one do you want to try first? Spicy, Southwest Verde, or chili lime? I want to save chili lime for last. Okay. chili lime. Okay. Let's try Southwest Verde first, then. That seems to be the most mild. So we'll crack this open. They're in little Ziploc bags. Woo! Uh, That smells good, actually. Mm. That's an interesting smell. It smells like... I'm trying to place it. Mmm! Mmm! Yeah, you like that, huh? Me, 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 me. It smells a little bit like, I want to say it smells like these- It smells like a restaurant. The green chili verde Doritos that they used to have. Oh, these are interesting. Well, I've never had those before, Dad. This is a very, very thinly sliced dried and cured meat snack, like a jerky, with uh, some visible seasoning on the outside. Again, this is Southwest Verde. That smells so good. It does. It smells great. It's It tastes good, too. I like that one. I like this a lot. It's a deeper flavor than the scent would indicate. But yeah, that's good. It's like a green mm. chili. Mm. Very good. I like that a lot. Let's try the spicy medley now, Liz. It kind of tastes earthy. Yeah, that's right. That's a good uh, a good description of it. It is very earthy, like sort of like a hatch chili like you might get on a cheeseburger mm-hmm. in New Mexico. Okay, this is the spicy medley. This one smells a little bit more meaty and a little bit more like, I don't know, generically peppery. <laughs> You'll see. Oh my goodness, look at your finger. Yeah, my fingers are coated in the seasoning now from digging into that box. I'm not going to do what you did. Oh, clever. You just squeezed it up to the top. That's what I do with the pickle bites. Smart. Ooh, those are smart. There's a little bit of black pepper heat on this. A little bit of red pepper heat, too. Ow! It burns my nose. It burns your nose. So the spicy medley was a little too spicy for you, Liz, huh? Yeah, this one says beef, vinegar, salt, crushed chili, rosemary, dried beef powder, roasted coriander, red peppers, ground mustard, onion powder, and cumin. A lot of spices going on in there. Can I open it? Yep, you're going to try the chili lime last. I like these, though. These are good. This would be a good good airplane snack. snack. Or hiking snack. Yeah, that's right. Very good. So how's the chili lime smell? Preservatives. That's the, uh, that's not preservatives. Yeah, out of my way. The moisture inhibitor pack you found. This one smells like the spicy one. Smells similar to the spicy one? 
Well, yeah, I'll, um, yeah, a little bit. Smells more meaty. A little bit. Smells a little strange, though. It does not taste like chili. Like at all. Hmm. I definitely get the lime. I get the lime, but I don't get any of the... Yeah, sort of like a citrusy meat. I'm not getting much chili. It says beef, vinegar, salt, coriander, lime juice. I get lime. Lime juice powder, yeah. Chili pepper, rosemary, dried beef powder, black pepper, red pepper. Interesting. Weird. Yeah, more of a more of a cured meat flavor to the last two than there was to the first one. Overall, I think I like salsa verde the best. Me too. Spicy next, even though it was a little too spicy for you. And then uh, chili lime last. Yeah, salsa verde, very good. We're probably going to finish that pretty soon, huh? Yeah. These were really good. Thanks to uh, Uncle Pat and Annaline. Liz, you know we have a whole Biltong show to do at some point. The spice is like... The spice is staying with you. Oh, hey, we hope that the spice from this show stays with you. Uh, and this podcast should reach you in excellent condition. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. If you've got a question for us, you can write to the address on the label. That's junkfeudpod at gmail.com. Let's final thoughts for the day. No. No? Mm-mm. You're just done. <laughs> Was this too much? It's been a while. You forgot how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> My brain does not work after a while. Yeah. Well, that's all of us, bud. Uh, this podcast has contained your recommended daily allowance of fun. For more, go to X Instagram Threads, Blue Sky, or wherever you choose to be social and find us at Junk Food Pod. You can watch fun size reviews on YouTube, buy our merch on TeePublic, and don't forget to catch all the snacks in each and every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Until we see you again for Alyssa on Mike. Pasta lasagna. Don't get any on ya. Bye.